You're listening to episode 39 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In today's episode, Robin and I are going to break some bad news to you. We've discovered that the biggest obstacle in your caregiving journey is you. I know that's tough to hear, but once you really embrace that and discover that, you can get out of your own way and you can start being the best caregiver possible for you and for your loved one. So we're going to dive into what this means and help you come to terms with how to get out of your own way and start to be an empowered caregiver. So stay tuned. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. Okay, welcome back. Today, we are going to have a kind of a tough conversation where we're going to be talking about the biggest problem that's getting in the way of your caregiving journey is you. It's you, daughters out there. Okay, really? This wasn't my idea. This was Robin's idea. (laughs) Because I was the problem. (laughs) Yes, because she wants to share from her heart what she learned on her journey. So, um, and I'm sure I'm going to be the problem too when when I get into the throes of the caregiving journey as well. Uh, And I've seen this happen, but I'm going to step back and let Robin, you jump in and, and tell us what you learned along the way. Well, I think that a lot of it comes from who we are. It's our own personalities and what we expect and what we want. And some of it started very early before I was even caring for my mom, when I would meet with families and I would see something in the home that maybe the the mother's toenails needed to be taken care of, they needed to be cut or Something so simple as her chin needed to be plucked because those hairs were all over. And my thought in my head was, why is this daughter not taking care of her mom? That That's just embarrassing. So I remember as my care journey, my caregiving journey began, or care journey as, as to say, <laughs> that I looked at my mom's toes and I thought, oh, Something needs to be taken care of that. Well, I got down there in the floor and tried to fix the toes and file them. Well, as we know, the toes harden, the toenails harden, and it was it was a big deal. And she was diabetic and I didn't I had no business doing it. So I do remember going back and and thinking, oh, maybe that's why those daughters didn't do that. But yet I thought that needs to be preserving their dignity. Well, mom was never somebody, she wore lipstick. And okay, are we all sitting down? Her other form of makeup, and my daughter can tell you, is she took Vaseline and put it on her eyebrows. Now, she had very thick eyebrows, and we used to tease her that when she died, we were going to pluck her eyebrows. Yes. (laughs) Glossy and beautiful eyebrows. And her lipstick. That was it. That was the only makeup this woman ever wore her entire life. She shone. Her her face was all shiny (laughs) and beautiful. Okay. If that's what you want to say. (laughs) (laughs) So she was never showy, but 
I, of course, you know, full face of makeup. And when I left home, I lived in a little town, as I've talked about before. And typically, jeans and a t-shirt, sweatpants, whatever, that was what we wore. Well, when I came down south, and it's a little different down here, people dress a little bit better, a little bit nicer. And that's, I've lived in the south longer than I lived up there. So it was different. And my expectations changed a little bit. And that was a constant battle between mom and I, as far as she thought I was showing off when I was saying, this is just the way I dress. Mm -hmm. But because of the way I dressed and, and the way that I had changed in my mind about how things should be, the one thing that drove me absolutely nuts is when she would go out with a tear in her shirt or spots in her shirt. And we all know, and I do it myself now, I, I, I've certainly, it's karma comes back around, but they're eating and they spill or they're carrying something and they spill and her, her drink of choice was tea. And so there's always hot tea spots all over her clothes. And she'd say, Oh, nobody's going to notice that. Well, in my mind, I'm thinking you look like a ragamuffin, we need to change. And we would argue back and forth. And she had what she called slop shoes. Now slop shoes is what you wear in the house, you don't wear your slop shoes outside the house. So as we continue Now the slop shoes are going outside the house. And my mom had a teeny tiny foot. She had to wear children's shoes. So if she bought slop shoes, they were usually slopping around, clicking and clonking. And it was not attractive. So we would fight and argue about, you need to change your clothes. And we'd fight back and forth. And she would call me pretentious. And I would call her sloppy. And, you know, back and forth. Finally, she would change. Because I was probably more stubborn than she was. And we go out in public. Well, now we're both mad. We're just angry. What did I resolve? Is anybody really going to look at those clothes and say, oh, look, those are her slop shoes? They Mm -hmm. have no idea. So I created this whole situation in my own head, thinking it would be better for everybody. And it wasn't. It, It just made us both upset. Different things of how I thought she should behave in public. And of course, I think this is a lot. People get upset when, when there's dementia involved and they stop going to restaurants because their loved one may not be able to use a knife or a fork anymore. And mom, when she would eat, it looked like a child had eaten. She might have a chicken burger or something to that effect. And bits and pieces were, she didn't like the sesame seeds. So she'd pull those off. And I mean, it was just nasty. It was Mm -hmm. embarrassing for me to sit there and look at that. But I guarantee you, nobody else saw it. But I did. And I wanted to make it right. I wanted people to think, wow, look at the caregiving she's doing. Her mom is clean. Her plate is cleaned up. She is doing a terrific job. It was all a reflection on me. But you know what? None of it was a reflection on me. It was not about me. It's so ironic what you're saying, right, Robin, right now, because it just popped into my head that a big argument that we always have is that we're preserving their dignity. But I wonder how many times are we actually preserving our dignity? A hundred percent. Yes, I agree. You're right. And we think by preserving our dignity, we are preserving theirs. And Mm -hmm. that's not true. And it's... I mean, yes, there is a thing as preserving their dignity and with dementia to make sure that 
that we're honoring how if they were in the right mind, they would want to show up. But there is a gift in letting go of all of that. And why maybe as daughters, we need to, we need to really embrace that gift that they don't care anymore, that it doesn't harm them or hurt them. And it's not something they carry around anymore that, hey, my slop shoes are comfortable and I want to wear them down to the grocery store. And that they've shed that burden of caring what the world is thinking and that yeah. maybe we need to we need to embrace that like oh my gosh they've they've um self-actualized in that way they have gotten to the point in their life where they can shed those notions that what the outside world thinks matters anymore right so a- another example i was thinking of we were talking i think it was in one of our groups that people are afraid to say maybe in a church situation or a social situation, hey, my loved one has dementia. They think that if they don't talk about it, it's hidden and nobody knows. And so they think they're doing a great dignity to their loved one when really they're not because either people get it and they they already know. And I think one of the ladies in our group said, trust me, they know. Or they don't understand and they're freaking out why is this person acting this way? So if they know they can help and work. And then again, and that takes the burden off of you talking about getting your team together and things like that to help take care of somebody. But I think we fall back into the people pleasing. Mm-hmm. We want to do what people think we should do. We, ha- I have a, a lady I'm working with that she feels very strongly that every day she gets her husband up and gets him dressed and when I'm talking dressed, I'm talking button-down shirt, a vest, nice pants, shoes, socks. And it's a burden. It's a burden for her because now he's gotten to where he can't help her by lifting his foot up for his sock or doing those type things that she thinks he needs to progress in this disease. Mm-hmm. And so she's spending two hours a day frustratingly trying to dress this man. And we we just finally said as a group, it doesn't matter if he doesn't have socks on today, get him warm slippers that he can wear in the house or something that's easier for him to do. It's better for him. You know, you might want to look at him fully dressed and think that you're doing it for him, but that's not necessarily if you dig deep, that's not what you're doing. So I think a lot of times our preconceived conceptions of what aging looks like, what aging gracefully looks like, or aging with dignity looks like, is not really the reality. Mm-hmm. And we need to, we, we say it over and over, Melissa, we need to meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. And if that's not something they can do, we have to change, not them. We have to change our ideas. Yeah, it's okay to go out with that shirt with a stain on it. Now I'm not talking, I'm not going to go so far as the stain all the way down the front (laughs) (laughs) food on their faces. I'm not talking that, but those are simple things you can control versus. Right. Like if the favorite shirt that they want to wear has a stain on it, but it's their favorite shirt, you're not going to tell them not to wear it. Right. And do their nails need to be painted? You know, their hair needs to be combed. Does it have to have a perm? Mm -hmm. Does it have to be sprayed and all of that? No. Well, and here's another thing. 
you you got to you got to one of my favorite things. You got to the why. And if somebody like that lady that you were talking about dressing her husband up the way maybe when he was in his prime he would dress himself. If if she thinks she's doing it for him, but she was able to digest and and sort it out and realize she was doing it for her, and that was the why, then she could choose. Is that why benefiting her? I'm doing this for me, but is is it bringing me the benefit that I want? So it's no longer an act for him. And I could go either way. You know, he's not agitated by me doing it and he's not benefiting from me doing it, but it's an act that I'm doing for myself. Is it a waste of my time? And if the answer is no, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy how he looks. It's a It's an act of love and it's not depleting me then keep doing it by all means. But if you're like, it's, it's hard on him for me to do it. It's causing me stress. It's it's hard on my body. I get agitated. I feel frustrated. Then it's like, oh my goodness, then what you think is benefiting you is actually a detriment to you. So gone off the list, do it differently. Right. I love that. And you're right. A hundred percent. And I think at one point it benefited her and now it's to the point that it's not. Mm -hmm. So you, you need to realize that boundary as well. It's time. It's time Mm -hmm. to let that go. It's time for me to get out of my way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think so many things, even we worry about, I I mentioned a minute, minute ago about people pleasing or what other people will think, you know what? It's nobody's business. Your relationship with your loved one is one-on-one. And if the two of you agree and the two of you are making it work, there's safety involved, it's not hurting either party, then move forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It doesn't matter that somebody's out there pointing their finger. I remember with my mom that I had hired a caregiver to come in and there was food in the refrigerator. And as I've mentioned many times before, food was not my mom's priority. She would nibble, she would eat, but she never, ever, her whole life, never loved food. She ate to live and that was it. And her friend called me and said, that's dog food in there. Well, what it was, it was sandwiches. I wouldn't feed that to my dog, blah, 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 blah. So that was not, I was a little embarrassed, but I thought, this isn't something we need to argue about. Mom doesn't care about this. Mm Mm-hmm. She will eat what she needs and move on. And she doesn't need the fancy meal and people bringing things in. So it was something between my mom and I that we knew, we understood. I grew up with that. This isn't new behavior. So I got out of the way. And that's how we resolved the fact that she didn't no longer had to walk down to the dining room. So it worked for us internally. Yeah. So a thought that you had actually introduced in a previous podcast, which I think applies here, is that you said, ask yourself, do you care what this person thinks? Not your loved one, but like that that woman who was pointing out the sandwiches. Are you going to care what they think in five years? Are they going to be in your life? And is this issue that they are, you know, having an opinion about, is it going to matter in five years? No. Well, and I think you can do that test with everything. Mm-hmm. In, in far, as far as getting out of your own way, I'm making such a big deal about this. Now, taking the keys away, yeah, that's going to matter in five years. That's mm-hmm. going to matter mm-hmm. because that's a safety issue. Mm-hmm. But not washing her car and p- driving around in a dirty car, that's not a big issue. 
Mm-hmm. So it is as that's a great test of is this going to matter in five years? Would this make her life better? Or would it make my life better? So mm-hmm. there's lots of tests you can run. And I do think so often we get in our own way. And, and especially as we we grow as adults. We, you know, I want to interrupt you just for a second there, Robin, only because you said, is this making it better for her or is it making it better for you? I don't think it's bad to do something that is making it better for, for you as a priority. If it's, if it's not harming them, because if it's making it better for you, it's probably also making it better for them. But what we're talking about here is that we're not making it better for ourselves. Right. We're not, we're actually sabotaging the situation because we're not seeing it clearly. And we need, we need to step back and notice what's really going on. And if we do need to make it better for ourselves, that that's okay. Really, truly ask, is it better? Are we creating a situation that's better for ourselves? Well, and, and that leads me to another family that every time the mom called, she was either lonely or hungry. The daughter would drop everything she was doing with her own family Now she's angry and she's running over there. Now, keep in mind, this mother was in a facility, had all of her needs met, whether she was doing it on purpose or she was just lonely, she would do it. The daughter would drop and run. And then she's frustrated, angry. She's calling her sibling. She's venting or complaining. And I'm going to say more complaining than venting Mm -hmm. because she's disrupted her life. Mm-hmm. Well, and she's established a pattern that's going to exactly. repeat itself over and over and over. And it again. did. It continued. Mom learned that that's how we 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 play the game. And mom learned that that's how I receive love from my daughter. Absolutely. So she was definitely in her own way. Mm-hmm. It was her choice to go drop everything and go. She if could she- have shown love in a much different way that was nurturing for both of them. It didn't have to, her mom didn't need to interpret that as love from her daughter. Exactly. Or what would happen? So back to the five year thing. What if I wait till tomorrow when I'm scheduled to go at three in the afternoon after work, is mom going to die? She's going to starve? No, she's in a building with many, many people. She has all of her needs met. You choose to go when you need to. You're going to be calmer. You're going to enjoy the visit. You're not mad now. Exactly. So we do get in our own way. We make our own choices that are not always wise. And we blame others for it. And I think that, again, it's not a criticism. I think that's what we do as humanity. But we need to learn from Alyssa. (laughs) how to make those boundaries and right. get out boundaries of Boundaries are good. Boundaries are healthy. Boundaries actually make you a better caregiver. And I think it was Maya Angelou who said, uh, when you know better, you do better. So some of it is just, you don't realize you're in your own way. Right. You don't realize that it's counterproductive and that really your, your loved one would be so much better off if you took care of yourself and, and you made, healthier decisions and put boundaries in place. So knowing is half the battle. And I believe that was GI Joe who said that. GI <laughs> Joe. Look, people, we have, we are now quoting GI Joe in the podcast. GI <laughs> Joe and Maya Angelou. In there the, you have it. In the same conversation. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> 
I think this is fantastic. And I love that you're sharing from your own experience. I've, I've been there. I've gotten in my own way too, but the caregiving journey, um, you know, the, the trenches of it are ahead for me. It's so, but I've seen it and we need to, we need to preach it from the mountaintops, Robin, and save the daughters out there from just countless suffering. That's that needless suffering. Needless. Absolutely. Absolutely. And be the person that I wasn't yeah. hop out of the way and let it go. Yeah. yeah. Which was what frozen? Let it go. Yes. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> this is, this is amazing. What else? What other pop culture quotes can we drop in there today? <laughs> Well, I'm going to stop it before it gets off the rails here, because I think this is great information. And thank you for sharing from your story. We we appreciate you, Robin. I love y'all. All right. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey, and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.